6.18 a.m. We welcome to our newsmaker line right now, Congressman John Rose represents the 6th District of Tennessee, which is uh, basically Middle Tennessee, Wilson County, and parts there around now has a little bit of Davidson County. Uh, Congressman Rose, Congressman Rose, welcome to the Tennessee Star Report. Congressman Good Rose. Good morning, Michael Patrick. How are you doing? We are glad to oh, have you. Doing well. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. So, you know, inflation is out of control. Spending is out of control. Our foreign policy is a disaster. The Biden maladministration then comes up and says, we want to give $40 billion of additional aid to Ukraine. You voted against that. Tell us why. Well, so I, I, I think it's important to, to make clear to everyone that I support our efforts to assist the Ukraine as they defend their sovereignty from, from Russian aggression. However, the folks of Middle Tennessee sent me to Congress to watch out for their interest and to make sure that their tax dollars are being spent wisely. And the way that this proposal that came up earlier this week uh, was presented, I think, uh, did anything but that. And so I just didn't feel like I could vote for it. You know, I'm concerned that we're borrowing $40 billion, and that's what's happening here. This is not paid for, so we're putting this on the proverbial credit card, borrowing it from foreign uh, countries like China that are not uh, not our friends and, you know, you know, mortgaging the future of our children and grandchildren at a time of record debt and inflation. And there was not a single thought given to how we might pay for this. Yeah, I, I agree with your vote in this instance. Now, there there were only 57 other Republicans that that joined you uh, in voting against this. It did pass in the House. It's going to go to the Senate. Do you have any idea what the Senate's going to do on this? Well, my, my sense is that it will probably pass there. I think the Democratic members in the Senate are all, uh, you know, most likely to, to be supportive. And, and obviously the Republican leader on the Senate side it seems to be pushing it. Uh, I think there is some pushback over there from people like uh, Senator Rand Paul in Kentucky. Uh, but uh, whether he's willing to stand up and, and is able to you know, slow the train down enough to actually consider some of the questions that should be considered. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I guess I think probably not. And I think, you know, I think generally from talking with Tennesseans, they're supportive of the of the plight of the Ukrainian people, and they're encouraged by seeing the Ukrainians stand up to fight for their freedom. And so they want to see our country be supportive. But, you know, if you consider that this bill uh, $40 billion. It started out as $33 billion. The president proposed a little more than a week ago, and then somehow it grew to $40 billion. Uh, it includes, you know, if you, if you take the amount of money that, we're, that we spend in our country on uh, everything from U.S. Customs and Border Protection to the Coast Guard to TSA and ICE, and you combine all of those, that's about what this number is. So we would be spending more to defend uh, the sovereignty and the borders of the Ukraine than we spend, uh, you know, to protect our own borders here in Tennessee, I mean, here in the United States. And so, uh, and so, you know, it's just troubling that there was no thought given to perhaps how we might offset this with other spending reductions or, or any other consideration for how we might pay for this. And frankly, uh, you know, I saw how the, the president, we all saw how the president 
you know, the, the disastrous way in which he withdrew from Afghanistan. And, and frankly, I have no confidence in the Biden administration's ability to spend this money wisely. And there was no strategic plan put forth. There's no oversight, frankly, aside from the normal oversight that Congress might give. And so uh, I don't think this president, I think as you enumerated at the top of our uh, segment here, I don't think that this president has earned that kind of uh, trust from this Congress. Now, um, how many pages were in the bill? When did you get a chance to first look at it? Gosh, I've forgotten uh, on the number of pages, but we had a little less than seven hours from the time that they gave us this bill until our final vote on it. And so, you know, not a lot of time to look at it. You, you know, I think I heard one of my colleagues saying that is uh, Chip Roy uh, from Texas saying that his uh, staff was still reviewing it. Our staff was still looking at it as well. We were, you know, just not satisfied that we could fully, uh, in that period of time, understand what the bill was saying. You know, frankly, I was uh, contemplating uh, trying to offer an amendment so that there would be some offset somehow in the budget, uh, but there was no time to do that. And frankly, the Democratic leadership, uh, this bill went through our rules committee. Uh, it came to the floor under a rule that prohibited amendments. So there was no, you know, the train was just sailing down the tracks with no opportunity to really even have a a meaningful discussion about how this might be done better. So isn't that what the Congress is supposed to do? Have meaningful discussions about how we spend our money? Absolutely. So, you know, the normal order of business in Washington would be that this would be sent to the committees of jurisdiction. They'd have an opportunity to not only debate the bill, but also offer meaningful amendments to it. And then eventually it would make its way to the House floor. And I say eventually, that does, that process doesn't have to take weeks. It could have been done this week, uh, and, and still, you know, have been done in a timely fashion and given the opportunity for members to debate and frankly, an opportunity for their constituents back home, the voters back home to reach out and let them know how they feel about it. And I, and Michael Patrick, I do want to stress, you know, I have been supportive of several pieces of legislation and several efforts uh, aimed at helping the Ukrainians. So, you know, I, I could go through a list of them. There's, a, you know, a, a dozen or so things that I have supported. In fact, I've supported virtually every other effort that has come forward to try to help the Ukrainians. And I want to see us assist them. But I think it's also worth noting that, uh, you know, there's the old saying, a stitch in time saves nine. And certainly, as we've seen over and over again with this administration, President Biden's just feckless leadership led to this problem. And now, you know, it's costing billions and billions of dollars to make up for bad policy that uh, was put in place by this administration over the last year. And so when, you know, when you have a kind of bumbling, stumbling president that ends up saying things like, well, if there's a small incursion into Ukraine, we might not do anything. Uh, you know, and, and, and a president that makes mistakes like the one in Afghanistan that telegraphed to the, uh, to the, you know, to our foes around the world and to the despots like Vladimir Putin around the world that this country is not really going to stand up. Then you've got to double down, triple down, quadruple down in your response in order to send a different message. And I, you know, I suspect if you ask Vladimir Putin, uh, he's probably a little bit surprised that now we are this interested in Ukraine when we acted as though we weren't going to do anything. And this is what you get with weak leadership. It underscores why America has to be strong and resolute. And I think the 
the start comparison between President Biden and President Trump on these issues has been pretty dramatic. Uh, and we, you know, you have to remember, go back to the Trump administration and think about some of the uh, so-called scandals of the Trump administration, the so-called Russia hoax and the first impeachment, which was uh, really, if you remember, it was all about the president sending the first lethal aid to the Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they have the audacity, you know, we're, here we are, uh, President Trump actually sent the Ukrainians lethal aid to try to deter Russia. If you'll remember the uh, first uh, time Biden was in the uh, in the administration as vice president, uh, you know, they surrendered the uh, the Crimean Peninsula and allowed the Russians to overrun parts of the Donbass region and and uh, overrun parts of the country of Georgia during that time. And so uh, it's no wonder then that Putin, I guess, when he saw this president elected, he knew this was going to be another opportunity to take more steps toward reassembling his precious uh, Soviet empire. What level of confidence do you have that this $40 billion, that all of it will go to aid Ukraine? Uh, my sense is there's there's a lot hidden that might go for, oh, I don't know, grifting friends of President Joe Biden. Well, absolutely. You know, that's one of the things that I think is missing here. You know, broadly, it, it looks like $24 billion is defense-related and $15 billion is humanitarian aid and economic assistance to the Ukrainians, with about seven and a half of that 15 being to support the government of Ukraine. But I, I think you're exactly right to be skeptical about where that money actually ends up. And, it, and no doubt, uh, when you're throwing out this kind of money, you have to wonder, you know, where do these and, – and we only have to look at Afghanistan to, to uh, know that this is going to happen. I mean, there's going to be a, a field day for some of the uh, U.S.-based uh, entities that actually get that money uh, where, it, where ostensibly where it's supposed to go. But there's also going to be uh, – you know, grafted corruption overseas, and uh, and you know when you're when you're shoveling it out this way, uh, and there's very little oversight, and you have an in- administration that's proven to be incompetent. And we know this. I mean, we left 85 billion dollars of U.S. taxpayer-funded military equipment behind in Afghanistan. You know, maybe we should go back and pick up that stuff and bring it to the Ukraine. All right, John uh, Rose, so. Congressman John Rose from the 6th District of Tennessee. Thanks so much for joining us. When you're back in town, come in studio, if you would, please. Thanks, Michael Patrick. I appreciate you having me on. All right. When we come back, it'll be time for the original star panelist, Crom Carmichael. This is the Tennessee Star Report. I'm Michael Patrick Leahy.